We're starting a new series on uh, faith and work. And uh, in the series, we are exploring what our work means to God. What does God experience in his heart as we go about our respective work Monday to Friday? We've thought about what we experience. Um, have you ever wondered, what does God experience in his heart when we work Monday to Friday, Saturday for some of us? How does our work fit in with our faith in Jesus? What's the connection between our faith and work? What's the role of work in the life of a disciple of Jesus Christ? Is what I do at work secondary to what I do in church? Is uh, work less important than ministry or mission? Does my work have any impact eternally? Uh, Those are some extremely important and relevant theological questions we're going to be wrestling with all through the series. But I'm sure that all of us also have a whole bunch of very practical questions. How do we harness our desire to be successful at work? How do we cope with the challenges we face at the workplace? How do I deal with a tough boss? Should I be looking for a job change? I never seem to get paid enough. What should I do? Now, I won't be able to answer each of those questions specifically to each of you. Uh, That's just not going to be possible. But I'm hoping to prayerfully do my very best to equip every one of us with the biblical foundation that's needed to answer those questions for yourselves. And that's what we're going to be doing in the series. But before I go any further, let me say one very important When I say work, when I say the series is about work, I am not limiting myself to employment. We have this notion that only employment is work. No, I want to stay straight up front that biblically, all work is work. So being a homemaker which is not an employment, you don't get paid for it, is work. And when I say faith and work, uh, homemakers are absolutely a part of it. Uh, Work is vocation, calling. So to be a husband is a calling, is work. To be a wife is a calling from God, and that's work. None of those are employment. To be a parent is a calling from God, and that's work. So when I say faith and work, I'm including all of this, not just employment or running a business. So why are we doing the series now? Why did I pick Faith and Work to be the first sermon series of 2021? Uh, actually, I was preparing and praying and thinking about another series, uh, but over the last couple of weeks, I've really been led to move towards faith and work. And I trust this is God's plan for us. So two reasons we're picking uh, starting 2021 with a series on faith and work. Most of us will be spending the most productive of our hours at work. So we better make it count for God. 
uh, I guess we'll all sleep seven to eight hours a day and we're going to use up three to four hours, you know, with routine eating, bathing and all of that. And that leaves us about 10 to 14 hours every day. And most of us work for eight to 10 hours, at least of those uh, time that we have left. So we give the best of our creative energies and the most productive labor of our labor to our work. How do we make this count for God? How is Jesus relevant in the most active and the most productive hours of our day? Now, those those are all very important reasons why we should do a sermon series on faith and work. Uh, They were important in 2019. They were important in 2020. Uh, But why in 2021 are we beginning this year with a series on faith to work? What's, What's unique about this year? And that brings us to the second reason we are doing the series. Most of us do expect an economic recovery in 2021. That's what most economists are are seeing. Maybe we are kind of experiencing that in our workplace as well. Things are picking up. Life is kind of getting back to the normal, back to normal. Um, uh, India is going to start the vaccine drive pretty soon. Um, and, and, you know, pretty much everything is kind of slowly getting back on track. And as the economy picks up and as our companies, the companies that we work for or the businesses that we run, uh, strive and push forward and strain ahead to make up for all that we lost uh, in in the last year, every company is going to be doing that. We're going to feel the pressure. As India kind of gets back into economic growth mode, the work pressure, the workload on all of us is going to increase. Now imagine if some of us felt stressed and worn out during the lockdown when economic economic activity was pretty slow. Imagine how things are going to be when things are when the economy is kind of firing all cylinders again. It's going to happen, and I think we need to prepare for it. And I was talking about this in in the New Year's Eve service. We need to be we need to be prepared to make sure that we don't make the same mistakes all over again. And we we've all. Uh, you know, even as uh, Cindy was sharing as she led worship, we've all um, vulnerable and we've all uh, lived our Mondays different than our Sundays. The songs we sing, as Cindy was saying, on, on Sundays are not the songs we lived on, on Mondays. You know, we get sucked into this, this self-preservation, even as Ashish was leading us in prayer. And uh, that's, that's ungodly. Let's, let's face it. Let's admit it. Much of a work has been about ourselves. It's been about glorifying ourselves. It's been about our success. Being successful at work is not wrong at all. Uh, God kind of is going to bless us, but our motto, why are we doing it? For who are we doing it? I think that's very important. So I feel this service, this series at the beginning, at this time is, is going to really uh, help us make a fresh start with a good uh, biblical foundation. So um, I, th- I think we'll probably labor on the series for a, for a few weeks at least. And uh, I trust God will use it to prepare us. Uh, one of the things we're going to be doing uh, different with this sermon series uh, is I'm um, going to be interviewing one person every Sunday about their work. Uh, I've spent a lot of time uh, preparing and praying through the questions. It's going to be the same questions 
to every person I interview every Sunday. And these uh, questions are grounded, are rooted in the biblical framework for, of work. Today's sermon is, is designed to help us see how our work fits into God's grand story of redemption. And so the title is uh, Work in the Gospel Story. We're going to be looking at two portions of scripture today. Uh, the first portion that we're going to be looking at is from the first two chapters in the first book of the Bible. The second portion of scripture we're going to be looking at is the last two chapters in the last book of the Bible. So we're going to be looking at Genesis and Revelation. So we're going to be looking at two bookends of the Bible, so to say. I'm going to read the passage out for us. Uh, Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis, a little bit of Genesis chapter 2. That's the first portion. Let me read that out for us. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And this whole theme of dominion or rule over the earth, God unpacks some more in Genesis chapter 2. Allow me to read that for us. It's coming up for us on the screen. Genesis chapter 2 verses 15 to 17. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. We all know that Adam and Eve did end up eating that fruit of that tree and sin entered the world and the world was broken. Our perfect fellowship with God was, was broken. That's the first portion of scripture we're going to be looking at. The second portion is from the last two chapters of the Bible. We're reading from Revelation chapter 21, uh, verse uh, 1 onwards. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. This is the word of God. I'd like to draw three things out for us from the passage. First, I want to help us see work in the gospel story. Second, connecting your work to the gospel story. And third, a new vision for our work. 
seeing our work in the gospel story, connecting our work to the gospel story, a new vision for our work. Let's start with the first thing, seeing work in the gospel story. I guess at some point of time or the other, all of us would have seen these uh, really pretty looking antique cars, um, vintage cars uh, on Mumbai, you know, Mumbai roads. I remember in the good old days when we used to meet together physically for our worship service. Uh, on Sundays, we would drive on the Eastern uh, Freeway and uh, there would be quite a few of these cars. I think they had their, their own fellowship going everyone who owned a vintage car would kind of drive it down on the freeway. And they were really pretty looking. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very um, uh, interesting hobby. I think people who, who have the hobby really, really enjoy it. They take something that's broken down, maybe something that hasn't been running for decades, and uh, slowly, part by part, they assemble it, they kind of recreate it and get it back to running shape again. And imagine the joy of just driving it for the first time after you worked for hours and hours and, and spent a lot of money getting it right. Now, here's the thing about vintage cars. They are harder to make than the original ones. And they are a whole lot costlier than the original ones. Uh, I think that's a Morris M, Morris Series 8 that you're looking at. When it was first manufactured, it cost rupees 1,500. Today, if you were to buy a Morris 8 series, I think it costs about 45 lakhs in, in Indian currency. So the new vintage cars, the remade cars, uh, are a whole lot more expensive and a whole lot more harder to make than the original ones. And there is just one similarity between this expensive hobby of vintage cars and how God is redeeming the world. Remaking something that is old and broken is really costly. And so in Revelation chapter 21, verse 5, when God says, Behold, I am making all things new, we must remember that this was an expensive endeavor for God. It cost him the price of his beloved son, Christ Jesus. That's how God is making all things new. In the two passages that we read, both from Genesis and Revelation, we often overlook one significant truth. God is making all things new. All things. God is not only making the human soul new. God is not only making the human being new. God is not only renewing our body, mind, soul, and spirit. But God is making all things new. We read in the passage that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And so, as a part of God's redemptive plan of making all things new, our work is also in the process of being made new. We forget that. We forget that God's plan of redemption is not only for the human soul, but for all of creation. And so, the story of our work 
and the story of our salvation are very closely interlinked. We do not often see that. We do not often recognize uh, this profound biblical truth. And I'm, I'm really hoping to unpack that for us a little bit today. It's very helpful to see God's grand story of redemption as a story that is made up of five chapters. Creation, fall, redemption, renewal, restoration, or new creation. Uh, allow me to just unpack each of those. Creation, we saw that God created everything. and It was perfect. It was beautiful. Fall, Adam and Eve messed up. Sin entered the world. The world became broken. Redemption, Christ came, paid the price, died on the cross, bearing the punishment for your sins and mine upon himself. And he rose again from the dead, giving us salvation. Renewal, that's the chapter we are all in right now. We believe in Jesus. We are being renewed day by day, more and more in the image and the likeness of Jesus until one day when Christ will come back and restore everything to its former glory, to its original creation glory or the new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. So that's the gospel story in, in five chapters. Now, traditionally, we've seen this story arc of God's redemptive story only through the prism of the human soul or through the prism of individual personal salvation. Jesus died to save you. That's, that's the gospel narrative we are most familiar with. But that's not a complete gospel narrative. It's, it's quite limited. Jesus died not only to renew the human soul, but he died and rose again from the dead to renew all of creation. And that changes the story. That broadens the story. And so allow me to quickly walk us through each of the five chapters of this gospel story and to help us see how this narrative of the redemption of the human soul is so closely connected with the redemption of our work. Let's start with creation. We saw in the verse from Genesis chapter 2, it says the Lord God put Adam in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Work was a creation purpose. It was a creation calling. God instituted work. In fact, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons God created man was to work the garden and to take care of it. So work is a creation purpose. And work in God's eyes did not just mean coming to church on Sunday and singing songs, but working from Monday to Saturday. Worship in God's eyes included not just our singing of songs on Sunday, but also what we do from Monday to, to Saturday. So that's creation. And we saw, in the, we see in the fall when Adam and Eve sinned, when the fellowship of God was broken, work was also cursed. Again, these are familiar verses. I'm going to quickly uh, run through that. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 70 to 19. Cursed is the ground because of you. This is God speaking to Adam soon after he had sinned and, 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 and fallen, Adam and Eve. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For all of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. All of creation was cursed because of Adam's sin. When it says cursed is the ground, it actually refers to all of creation. 
and work was specifically cursed along with the fall of man. That's the second chapter of the gospel story and how it connects with work. Third, redemption. Obviously, the redemptive narrative of, is of the redemption of human beings. Jesus died and rose again to save us, to save human souls. But that's, again, not the full complete narrative. Look at Colossians chapter 1. This really captures it for us. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For him, for by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Here comes the interesting part. And through him, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself, All things, whether on earth or in heaven. Jesus died not just for the redemption of the human soul, but he died for the redemption of all creation. All of creation was cursed. All of creation is being redeemed. And when you connect this to chapter 21 in Revelation that we saw, all of creation will be made new all of creation and our work will be made new. We overlook that the redemption through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just for the human soul, but for all of creation and for all of our work. We sing of this. We sing of this in our songs, but we forget the truth. The truth doesn't really sink in. And you remember the Christmas carol, Joy to the World, that we sung just a few weeks ago? Let me just read a little bit of the lyrics from that song. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. Far as the curse is found. Far as, far as the curse is found. God's redemptive blessing goes as far as the curse is found. So the curse of work and painful toil in chapter 3 of Genesis is obviously taken away by the blessing of redemption that comes from Christ Jesus. That's the third chapter of the gospel story. The fourth chapter is is renewal. And uh, this is where the story gets really interesting. Jesus gave a simple command to his disciples in Matthew chapter 5. He told them, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt and light signify renewal of of a broken world. And so we are not only objects of his renewal. God is not only sanctifying us. That's being an object of God's renewal. But we are also agents of God's renewal. So Jesus is not only renewing us but he is also using us to renew the world around us. Let me give us two examples. The prayer that Ashish led us in this morning as we together prayed, that is God using every one of us as agents of renewal. All the work that we did from last Monday to Friday or Saturday, whatever your work week is, all the work that each of us did, that is God using us as agents of his renewal. 
And so we are God's agents of renewing this world, both through our church ministry, that's the prayer that Ashish led us in, and through and equally through our work ministry, that is the work that each of us was doing, have been doing, we're doing from Monday all the way to Saturday. And that's the fourth chapter of the gospel story and how it connects with our work. And the fifth chapter, the last chapter, is restoration or the new creation. God is making all things new. And one of the things that I want to, I'd like us to invite us to see when God is making all things new, that the original command that we saw of Adam and Eve, of, of be fruitful and multiply and reign over the earth, have dominion over the earth, that call in Genesis finally comes to fulfillment in Revelation when Christ comes again and brings with him a perfect world, a new earth, a new earth and a new heaven. And in this new earth and new heavens, we will reign with Christ forever. That's what Revelation chapter 22 verses 4 to 5 says. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. Which means we, followers of Jesus, when Christ comes again and brings forth the new heaven and the new earth, we will reign with him forever and ever. So the call on Adam and Eve of, of have dominion, rule over the earth, comes to fulfillment after the second coming of Christ Jesus. See how deeply our work is woven into the gospel story of redemption. See how deeply work is involved in each of the five chapters of the gospel story. When you saw in creation, the first chapter, we saw work was a creation purpose. When we looked at the fall, we saw that work was cursed by the fall. When you looked at redemption, we, we saw that we are agents of God's renewal through our church ministry and through our work ministry. And then new creation, the original call of regaining, uh, of reigning over all creation um, through our work is, is restored. And so work is embedded deep in God's entire plan of redemption. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to hope, hoping to go into each of those chapters and really unpack very practically on, on how we can kind of flow with God's story of redemption through our work. Today, that's the first thing that I wanted to draw for us, seeing work in the gospel story. The second thing we're going to be looking at is connecting your work through the gospel story, connecting your work to the gospel story. We saw the pattern, the five chapters of the gospel story. The next slide. God has scripted his story of creation, or his story of redemption. And we saw that creation, fall, redemption, renewal, new creation. And how it applies to our work. This is God's script. But the reality is each of us, we are writing our own script of redemption. And here's what our script of our gospel story looks like. We're writing our own script of the gospel story. Where, where it was God's story is creation, God's script is creation. We've, when it comes to work, we've turned that into all about creating my identity. We've turned our work about 
our selves, our identity, our success, our reputation, our fame is very real in all of our lives. And where the, the gospel script is, is about the fall, the way it plays out in our work is how do we cover up our flaws? How do we hide our weaknesses and portray the best image of ourselves, even though that may not be true? That's our script. And when God sent his son, Christ Jesus, to redeem the world, we are looking for salvation through our work. Functionally, we feel our work is our savior. If our work is going well, we feel so good and so great about ourselves. But if our work is not going well, we feel down in the dumps. And faith actually in these moments becomes secondary. Our work determines how we feel. And we are all at some level or the other uh, searching for salvation by our work. And the fourth chapter, where it's about renewal, us being renewed more and more in the image and likeness of Jesus, we have reduced this renewal to I'm going to be renewed if I get a better job. I'm going to be renewed if I make, if I make more money. Right? And, and we are writing our own script of renewal. I, I'll become a better person if I get a better role. Uh, I'll become a, a more productive person if I become a better role. That's what our script. And where there is, in God's script of the gospel story, where there is a new creation in our script, a great career, the dream of a great career, that has become our, our script. And what we've been doing is we've been writing our own gospel story, connecting our work to, to these things. And, and this is wrong. And what we need to do, we, what we need to be doing instead is to stop connecting work to our gospel script and start connecting work to his gospel script. How do we do that? How do we stop connecting work to our story of redemption? And how do we start connecting our work to his story of of redemption? How, How can we learn this? How can we learn to connect work to his script of redemption, not to our script of redemption? That's where the interview that we've designed can be such a helpful tool. The questions that I ask even in the interview and the questions I'm going to ask different people every single week in the interview are all grounded in the five chapters of the gospel story. The first question, how does your work connect with God's original plan of creation? We're called to remember how work was, how each of our work was originally designed to be. And then the fall. And we remember, we realize, we acknowledge, we grieve, we lament the fact that we are broken and the world around us and the work around us has also been broken. And third, a recent example of the third question I asked even, a recent example of how the gospel made you a better worker. That is how the story of redemption, how Jesus dying and rising again from the dead for our salvation and for the renewal of all creation, how that is transforming us. Story of renewal, you are the salt and the light of the world. The question there in that chapter was, how are you able to love and serve others through your work? 
And, and the last question on you, new creation, how do you connect your work here and now to the longing for a perfect world that Christ will bring when he comes again? And so I want to, I want to offer this to us as a diagnostic tool. Uh, just taking time to think through this question uh, periodically, I think it's just a small, simple tool to help us move away uh, from trying to script our own gospel story around our work uh, to trying to flow with God's story of redemption uh, for, for, for our work. And that brings us uh, to the third uh, and the last thing that I want to draw for us from uh, the two passages that we looked at. A new vision for our work. A new for our work. We've been seeing that work is embedded deeply in God's story of redemption. The thing to remember is that the story is not finished yet. It is still unfolding. And as we pause to see where we are presently placed in this unfolding story of God's redemption, is we are in the fourth chapter of renewal. And we are longing and looking forward to the new creation, to the fifth chapter. That's where we are placed. And one of the greatest challenges of living in the fourth chapter of the gospel story is we struggle to see the connection between the fourth and the fifth chapters. We struggle to see, and and in a sense, that's what Stephen was kind of reflecting on during his interview. The last question. We struggle to see how this chapter that we're in, the work that we do, how us being salt and light, how us serving our colleagues and our bosses and our subordinates and our customers through the work, through the career, through the calling, through the vocation that God's called us to, how is that going to make an impact on new creation? And and that's something that I'm hoping in this series to, to answer fully and practically extremely practical and if we can if we can together and and i think it's not just the series of sermons that's going to help us find the answer to the question but the series of interviews that's going to help us find the answer to the question as each of us reflect on these questions and as each of us think how can i connect my work here and now to the perfect world to my longing for a perfect world that Christ is going to bring when Christ is going to bring when he comes back. As each of us answer that question, I think together as a community, we're going to be blessed as much as I hope we're going to be blessed through the preaching of the sermon series. Uh, I don't think I can fully answer that question now. And I want to be very honest about that. It's a, it's a question that I want to explore together with all of us. And together as we ponder on this, as we prayerfully reflect on this, I do believe God's going to help us find the answers and the answers are going to look different from each of each of us because I, I want to that's the level of practicality that I'm hoping God will bring in this sermon series but for now I want to leave us with this brilliant quote from N.T. Wright you know, I was my soul was so blessed when I read this quote uh, N.T. Wright is uh, perhaps one of the best 
New Testament scholars. And uh, this is what he has to say about this bridging this gap between the fourth and the fifth chapters in the gospel story between renewal and new creation. This is how N.T. Wright puts it. You are not oiling the wheels of a machine that's about to roll over a cliff. You are not restoring a great painting that is shortly going to be thrown into the fire. You are not planting roses in a garden that's about to be dug up for a new building site. You are, N.T. writes, says, as strange as it may seem, almost as hard to believe as the resurrection itself, you are, N.T. writes, says, accomplishing something here and now that will become in due course part of God's new world. Our work here and now, the work that you do, that I do from Monday to Friday and Saturday at our respective workplaces has an impact, has meaning, has value, has significance in eternity. Whatever we do here and now, in faith, whatever flows, every work that flows out of our faith in Christ Jesus is not going to be discarded into rubbish when Christ comes again, but there is going to be a way in which it moves on into the beauty and the perfection of the new heavens and the new earth that God is going to create. And Jesus has given us, he's given us glimpses of this. When, when Jesus says, whenever you give someone a glass of water, it will, you will reap its reward in heaven. He talks about the bridge that's going to connect our work here and now and the new heavens and the new earth that God's going to bring when Christ Jesus comes back again. And we're going to be exploring this more and more. For now, I want to draw us to a close by encouraging us to do two things. First, would you consider spending some time with this diagnostic interview? Would you take time to to reflect um, on your work through this prism? And the first thing that I wanna, I wanna suggest, the second application that I wanna suggest is When you go into work tomorrow morning, uh, would you consider, as you go, most of us are working from home, I guess, as you begin your work for the day, would you consider praying a two-minute prayer saying, God, help me discover your story of work. God, help me discover your redemptive story of work. Let us pray. Father, we... uh, thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you for your story of redemption that you are scripting. We um, are not worthy to be part of that script. Uh, We can do nothing. We have done nothing to earn our right to be a part of that script. But in your gracious mercy, you have included us in the script. And even though you've included included us in the script. Father, we are just so vulnerable to straying away from your script to writing our own script. Forgive us, Lord. And through this sermon series, through this community that you've called us to be in, as every one of us reflects on and prayerfully answers those questions, Lord, I pray 
would you give us the grace to be anchored in your script, in your script of redemption, your gospel story script, and not to stray away into our own story of self-glory. Help us, Lord. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen.